how is this out and about? Thought I'd see if anybody wants to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show. Featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. Happy Friday, Hoops Handicappers. Thanks for streaming the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Postseason Show. It's April 22nd. There is a three-game slate in the NBA playoffs tonight. All game threes featuring the Miami Heat visiting the Atlanta Hawks. Then we got the Milwaukee Bucks visiting the Chicago Bulls. Capped off with the Phoenix Suns visiting the New Orleans Pelicans. I was 2-1 in Thursday's best bets. I hit with the Memphis Grizzlies money line, the Dallas Mavericks plus 6.5, but whiffed with the under 220. Two and a half in the Warriors Nuggets games. I'll briefly recap those games here in a minute. Uh, but first, my best bets for the Friday slate. Um, I'm fading all the uh, injuries. So I'm taking the Miami Heat money line, which is minus 130 at the Atlanta Hawks. I'm taking the Chicago Bulls plus two and a half at home versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, then I'm taking two and a half points at home with the New Orleans Pelicans as they host the Phoenix Suns. All those odds are provided to us by our sponsor, Tipico Sportsbook. They're a global sports betting leader that's not live in New Jersey and Colorado. You can make your favorite sports more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. Users from this podcast can get a welcome bonus at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's USA Today. Bet.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions do apply. You must be 21 or older to game. So please see Tipico's website for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. So quickly, let me recap the uh, Thursday performance again. I was 2-1, and one, pushing my playoff record up to... I'm um, six and twelve right now. I'm six and ten through the first round. Um, at this point in the first round, and was zero and two in the play-in game. So, still significantly below five hundred. Still, um, still losing money personally. Um, and if you guys are following me, obviously you're losing money as well. But I'm very confident we're gonna end up getting it back. And hopefully, last night's winning performance and and comeback victory from the Memphis Grizzlies are a sign of things to come. The Grizzlies ended up winning um, and cover oh, winning as a minus 140 money line favorites, 104 to 95 versus the Minnesota Timberwolves in Game Three. They came back from 26 points down in the first half and 20 points down uh, late in the third quarter to win that game again, 104 to 95. It was an incredible comeback. Um, really, the the Timberwolves more or less peed down their legs. It was a an, an embarrassing performance from Carl Anthony Towns. He had, let me look this up, make sure I have it right. He had eight points in 33 minutes. He was in foul trouble throughout most of the game and just played undisciplined. And um, Desmond Bain really just balled out for the Memphis Grizzlies. He had seven of 15 threes, had a game high or team high 26 points. So he was phenomenal. John Moran put up a 16-point triple-double, adding 10 rebounds and 10 assists. Not a very good shooting night from him, not from the field or from the foul line. He's actually 5-10 and 10 in free throws. So Memphis left um, actually missed 11 free throws. So they left some meat on the bone here. Um, but either way, they got super lucky. We got super lucky in taking the Grizzlies. 
Um, but hey, the money spends, I'll happily cash this ticket. And um, hopefully, again, that's a sign of good things to come here in the uh, in the rest of the NBA playoffs because it's been a struggle for me thus far. The next game we won, which was a little bit easier, a lot easier of a game to watch, a lot less of a sweat. The Dallas Mavericks beat the the Utah Jazz one twenty six to one eighteen. Hopefully, you guys sprinkled on the money line like I did. I took the Mavericks plus six and a half as a pretty heavy bet, and I um they actually ended up closing at plus eight and a half. I put more money on them at plus eight and a half as well. Um, there was rumors or speculation that Luka Doncic could make his series debut last night, and then when it was announced that he could not. That line went from Mavericks plus six and a half, which is what I gave it out at yesterday and cashed with yesterday in the Bet Slippin' Podcast to eight and a half once Luca was announced that he wouldn't be playing. So both numbers clo- uh, covered, uh, obviously, and the Mavericks money line covered, which I got at plus 295. Again, hopefully you guys sprinkled on the money line as well, but for record-keeping purposes, um, we'll just jot that down as a, as a one victory, right? <laughs> Uh, but I did whiff with the under 222.5 in the Warriors-Nuggets game. Um, I won loser Thursday. That game ended 118-113 to 113 with the Warriors winning, uh, pretty much solidifying that series. Uh, the Warriors are up three games to zero. Uh, no team in the NBA has came back from a 3-0 lead or a 3-0 deficit. So that should be curtains in the first-round series between the Warriors-Nuggets. Hopefully the Nuggets can stave off elimination. They got a Herculean performance out of Jokic. He put up 37 points, 18 rebounds, and 5 assists. But just there's just too many good players in the Warriors and <laughs> too many mediocre to subpar players for the Nuggets. So um, I know we bet the total here. That really was never looking good. I mean, the, the Warriors scored 30-plus points in three of the four quarters, and, and Denver really had no answer for, for Golden State's offense. Um, I also, I talked about that yesterday and, um, and noted all the, the, the reverse line movement and all the public and all the money being on the over. Um, I tried to, to fade that and it, uh, proved, proved to be costly. Ended up, um, costing me a, a loss in my bet slipping record and some money personally. So that sucks, but Whatever you live and you learn, hopefully uh, the 2 and one Thursday is a sign of good times to come. So let's talk about the Friday games. First one that I'm looking at, I have a wager in all three games, all three sides. I'm betting against all the injured teams. First one, Miami Heat, minus 130 on the money line. They won game two, 115 to 105, thanks to an absolutely sensational Jimmy Butler performance. And Trey Young continues to struggle in the series. Granted, it's only through two games, but... He he typically struggles against Miami as it is. In this series, he's averaging 16.5 points per game on 34% shooting, 12% from behind the arc, and he's thrown uh, 16 turnovers through two games, so eight per eight turnovers per game. Um, Trey's getting pretty reckless with the ball, and um, the Miami Atlanta game should in game two should have been a bigger Heat win, but. Uh, Bagdanovich came came off the bench and really balled out for for Atlanta, um, but I I feel comfortable betting Miami in this spot on the road against Atlanta, even though Atlanta has been a very good road team because the absence of Clint Capella is just absolutely massive for Atlanta. I don't think it's being discussed enough when people are looking at this series or handicapping these games. Um, Capella's absence hurts. 
Uh, Atlanta's pick and roll action. It hurts their rebounding, and Miami's a very good rebounding team, and it hurts their interior presence, and Miami's first in paint points per game allowed. So Miami's really going to lock up the paint without Clint Capella, and it's going to make it uh, even more important for Atlanta to get hot from behind the arc, but Miami's defense has one of the best defensive three-point shooting percentages in the league. Its offense has one of the best offensive three-point shooting percentage in the league, and that pretty much makes Miami Heat the Miami Heat the best um, team from behind the arc in the entire NBA. Atlanta's three-point defense is bottom five, and we saw uh, uh, Miami's three-point specialists, including Duncan Robinson, P.J. Tucker, and or Max Struess, effectively light up the Hawks in the first two games of the series. And I don't think that changes. Miami crushes bad defenses, or at least they had throughout the regular season. They're 24-7 and versus teams in the bottom 10 of defensive rating, and Atlanta's in the bottom 5 of defensive rating. They're, you have, they have a plus 8.9 non-garbage time net rating versus bottom 10 defenses and a plus 3.5 ATS differential versus bottom 10 defenses. Um, and again, I just think the, the absence of Capella would effectively make Atlanta probably the worst defense in the league. I mean, he is the absolute centerpiece of that defense, and the only reason it plays well when it does play well. So him not being in the lineup is just going to open up the interior for Miami, and their three-point shooting um, will probably get a, they'll probably get a lot better looks from behind the arc because Atlanta's going to have to compensate for the absence of Capella. So we're going to take the Miami Heat minus 130, which is definitely in the square side. Most of the public and most of the, uh, the, the money is on Miami. But whatever squares win sometimes, hopefully we can be a winning square here in this first game. Second game, we're taking the Bulls plus 2.5. I hope it's the sharper side. A lot less of the uh, action is on the uh, Chicago Bulls. In fact, 75% of the cash is on the Milwaukee Bucks. They open as two-point favorites. They're up to two and a half. So we're going to grab the Bulls two and a half here. Chicago won game two, 114 to 110. Uh, but the major storyline from that game was the injury of Chris Middleton. And Chris Middleton, the second leading scorer for the Milwaukee Bucks, and um, obviously an integral part of their championship run last season, will be out for the rest of this series. And I'm effectively fading the Bucks, missing their second best player. He was clutch in last year's playoffs, and I think he's the only Buck that can create his own look consistently. In my opinion, Nikola Vucevic and Brooke Lopez, the two bigs for Milwaukee and Chicago, effectively cancel each other out. I actually really don't like Brooke Lopez's game. Not a fan of Nikola Vucevic's either, but I'll take Vucevic over Lopez um, as a player or in the um, as an asset, whatever, however you want to phrase that. But I like Vucevic more than I like Lopez. And I think Alex Caruso's defense, I don't think it is a difference maker, but I do think he can essentially negate or, um, or remove Holiday's effectiveness in this game or in this series. So I like Caruso defending Holiday. Um, the 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 Bulls have two dynamic scoring wings that now Giannis has to has to, has to pick and choose which one to defend. So you would think Zach Levine or Demar, whoever's not drawing Giannis as a matchup, is going to get some advantageous looks and be able to to kind of feast against whoever wing defender Milwaukee puts on him. Um, also, Milwaukee's defensive scheme needs to be adjusted, and I'm not sure they can make said adjustment in a quick enough. 
uh, turnaround or uh, fast enough. Uh, Milwaukee, the strategy that they use, they effectively pack the paint and they allow opponents to chuck three-pointers. Well, Chicago's fourth in three-point shooting percentage, and they sank 48% of their threes in game two, hit 12 of 25 three-point attempts. So if Milwaukee's going to allow Chicago to shoot threes and almost invite them to shoot threes, um, then then the I think the Bulls are going to be able to stay in these games close, be able to backdoor cover any of the bigger spreads or even this plus two and a half. And I do think that um, the Bucks end up winning this series, but I think it's going to be a back-against-the-wall situation. They're going to need a Herculean effort from Giannis. Not sure that they get it in Game 3. Wouldn't be surprised, um, but I'm going to take the Bulls plus 2.5 here in this spot. And then my final best bet, the New Orleans Pelicans plus 2.5 hosting the Phoenix Suns in Game 3. The Pelicans won Game 2, 125-114, behind an absolutely incredible Brandon Ingram performance. He's a guy that I've been holding stock on since I watched him play at Duke. I thought he was going to be the best player out of that draft ahead of Ben Simmons and Jalen Brown. I love Brandon Ingram. Huge fan of him. He had an efficient 37 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists in Game 2 versus the Suns. And I think he's going to tear Mikael Bridges' ass up. I know Bridges is a defensive player of the year finalist, but that feels like um, the the NBA media is just trying to get the Suns more accolades for having such a great winning or regular season, um, winning, I think, 67 games. But I think one-on-one, um, Brandon Ingram can, can eat up Mikael Bridges. I don't like Mikael Bridges to stop any of the elite wings in the NBA, including Giannis, KD, uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, um, I'm struggling to think of uh, a couple others, but Brandon Ingram, I think, as a scorer, is is approaching elite, and he's gonna just again wear out uh, Mikael Bridges. And uh, again, I'm more or less f- uh, fading Phoenix without Devin Booker. Devin Booker um, was pulled from um, game two in the third quarter with a hamstring injury. He's gonna be sidelined for the remainder of the series, but before. He went out with an injury. He put up 31 points in the first half and really was the only reason the Suns were ahead in that game entering halftime. The Pelicans were out playing the Suns, and Booker's got a 30-plus percent usage rate thus far um, in the playoffs through the first two games, and he was absolutely balling out. I think if you take Booker off that team, I don't really know who's going to get their own looks. Of course, Chris Paul can create his own looks, but he's more looking to create looks for others, and I just don't see that um, being um, – I don't see him doing that uh, very easily for Bridges, Crowder, and, and Aiton. Those are guys who are not going to create their own looks. So a lot is sitting on CP3's shoulders, and I like New Orleans's defense and how it can match up against Phoenix's offense, Sands Booker. They have pesky defensive guards that are fast, like Jose Alvarado and Devontae Graham that can frustrate Chris Paul in the backcourt. And they have Herb Jones, who's a dynamic athletic wing that can frustrate him in the pick-and-roller and the um, um, on, on, on Phoenix's side of the court when they're um, trying to execute their half-court offense. But most importantly... Why I like New Orleans and why I'm taking New Orleans plus 225 to win this series is because they have an absolute epic edge on the glass. 
New Orleans is out-rebounding Phoenix for the first two games by an average of 15 rebounds per game. I'm going to say that again. The New Orleans Pelicans is out-rebounding the Phoenix Suns for the first two games of the series by an average of 15 rebounds per game. You cannot win playoff series being out-rebounded like that. I refuse to believe it. And if you're giving me plus 225, which I think is Tipico's price for the Pelicans at the adjusted series price, I'll take that. I can see Chris Paul going vintage, going all-time Hall of Fame uh, caliber um, performance tonight or throughout the rest of the series. But that value is too is too strong or is too good for me if you're giving me the kind of defensive and and rebounding or excuse me rebounding edge that New Orleans is going to have in this series. They had a top 4 offensive rebounding rate during the regular season. They were um, top 4 in second chance points per game scored. Phoenix was 21st in second chance points per game scored. Their defensive rebounding is below average and we've seen New Orleans be able to get to the free throw line at will. Um, or not at will, but be able to get to the free throw line. And Phoenix's defensive free throw rate is actually below average as well. So I think New Orleans, if it can be aggressive with C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram, could get uh, DeAndre Ayton into foul trouble. And either way, I just love how New Orleans is, is crashing the glass and how it's just bodying Phoenix on the interior and, and, and frankly, bullying them on the glass. So I like New Orleans. And it's heavy rebounding edge. They're also the best defensive. Um, they have the best defensive efficiency in the fast break. And Phoenix, um, Phoenix kind of relied on its fast break offense during the regular season. It's obviously going to be uh, lessened without Devin Booker and against this um, tough New Orleans fast break defense. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of fast break opportunities for the Suns. And the market's betting Phoenix up from a slight dog to a slight favorite, and I just, I just disagree with that line movement. I mean, I think if we wait till tip off, we can get a better number. We might even be able to get the New Orleans Pelicans plus three. I have to lock it in on this podcast at plus two and a half. But I think Vegas was right, or the odds makers were right by making the Pelicans a slight favorite on the opener. I disagree with the line movement because when you get down to it, really, what's the difference between? Um, Jay Crowder and, and Herb Jones, right? They're both 3 and D guys. What's the difference between DeAndre and Jonas Valanciunas? I would take Aiton as a prospect or as a player moving forward, but in this series, has that head-to-head where the, each other are at in their, in their careers? I don't know. It seems like a wash to me. Obviously, Chris Paul is an icon, but C.J. McCollum has been balling since coming to the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram, in my opinion, is the best player on the floor now that Devin Booker is out with an injury. And, and like, the supporting cast, I don't know. It, it feels like the Pelicans pretty much negate the the Suns supporting cast. I mean, Larry Nance is a quality backup big who's given them the Pelicans solid minutes. This kid, Trey Murphy, the third best three-point shooting name maybe ever, is effectively the same player as Cam Johnson. So those players negate each other. And I just, 
I do not see Mikael Bridges stopping Brandon Ingram in this series. And with no Devin Booker to kind of take the reins of the Phoenix offense, I really think Phoenix is in serious trouble in this series and they can end up being eliminated. So I played the Pelicans plus two and a half. That's one of my best bets for the Bet Slippin' Podcast daily NBA show for Friday. I'm also sprinkling on the Pelicans plus... um, plus 220, I think, according to Tipico, to win this series. I do not like this matchup for Phoenix. Uh, So adding the Pelicans plus 2.5 to the Bulls plus 2.5, and my third best bet, the Miami Heat minus 130 on the money line. That wraps up the Friday podcast. I'm going to try to come to you guys tomorrow, uh, Saturday and Sunday. It's uh, four game slates in the NBA postseason, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, should be able to find some best bets. Hopefully, I can get the podcast out um, with enough time for you guys to hear at home. But thanks for uh, tuning in. Thanks for streaming the Bet Slipping Podcast. Best of luck whether you fade or follow me. Hopefully, we can keep the good momentum rolling from Thursday into Friday. Peace. Thought I'd see if anybody wanted to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire.